everybody, this is Jeff Antoniak. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. So this is the first on a couple videos I wanna do on melodic improvisation. So what I'm talking about is improvising from a melodic standpoint, not so much from a harmonic standpoint, or if you're a drummer, from a rhythmic standpoint. Now, of course, this is for all instruments, the stuff I'm talking about here. Yes, drummers can play melodies. Um, and this idea, again, about putting aside all the cool harmonic stuff. We love the scales and the chord substitutions and all the wonderful voicings and everything we can do. But how about using as our point of departure the melody? We've all heard this, right? Know the melody well, memorize the melody, quote the melody, base your improvisations on the melody. I've said that for years to my students. I've tried to develop it on my own. But people uh, at Jazzwire, our website, by the way, I hope you check out Jazzwire. I'd love to work with you there. People on Jazzwire are already sort of asking about this idea of melodic improvisation and how do we develop it and, you know, wanting to know a bit more about it. So that's what I want to talk about today. Again, doesn't matter what instrument you play. This is a great way to go. Now, here's the thing. Some of you, there's some advanced players out there going like, oh, melodic stuff. No, man, I'd rather know about the, you know, Messiaen's modes or I'd rather know about the augmented scale. I get it, I get what you're saying, but here's the thing. I want you guys to tune in maybe more than anybody because this melodic thing, it's not, this isn't the beginner version. This isn't the what to do when you don't know harmony way to improvise. Um, your heroes, I don't care who you wanna name, the most harmonically sophisticated person, Joe Henderson played amazing melodic material that he then alternated with some great harmonic, you know, complicated stuff. Or Pat Metheny or John Coltrane. I don't care who you want to name. Those folks have some melodic improvising going on. So uh, let's jump into this a little bit. What I want to do is uh, play you the tune that we're going to base this all on today. So I think we all know that song when the saints go marching in. I could have picked any song, but I picked a shorter song so we can do our examples quicker. And I picked a song that I hope a lot of us know. It's this great, beautiful melody. This is an old hymn, right? An old church song. But it's a song that jazz musicians like to uh, mess around with. So what I've done is really thought about what it means to uh, embellish the melody, to improvise melodically, to use the melody as our point of departure. So we've come up with five rules that I think are going to get you started really, really well with this, applied to this simple tune. Of course, you can apply this to whatever complicated tune you want. Put this on Giant Steps or Moments Notice or whatever the song is. So let's go through these. The first thing I'm talking about is adding syncopations. This song is not a jazz tune. When the Saints Go Marching In, is a song played by jazz musicians, but this is a church tune. This is a hymn. It's not a jazz song. We make it into a jazz song. So that right there is a good way to think about this. So we need to add some syncopations. We need to add some jazz to it. So what I'm suggesting is um, we want to add syncopations. Syncopations are offbeats. Here's the thing. We don't add them just anywhere. What I'm going to suggest we do is add the syncopations before 
a long note. That's actually a good way to do it. So if you have a note that's on beat one, I'm suggesting we play that note early. We syncopate it. So instead of playing on beat one, I want you to play that note on the end of four of the previous measure. So you can see that. If I play, uh, I wrote the first eight measures of When the Saints Go Marching In. That little bit there. So you can see in the second example, what I did is I put that long note on the end of four. Sounds like this. So yes, I'm still playing the melody. It's not an improvisation yet, but we're changing it a little bit. We're making it into jazz. We're altering it. And you can imagine if we alter enough things, this becomes an improvisation. We're not there yet. Okay, so in that example, you heard four syncopations. There's some other stuff we haven't gotten to yet, but the four syncopations. That idea is I had a target note, and instead of playing it where it's written, I played it an eighth note early. That sounds like a lot to think about, right? <laughs> Showing up an eighth note early all the time. Well, right, so this is something we get in our ears. This is something jazz musicians do by just listening to it. But we can reverse engineer it. We can analyze what's going on. So if this helpful to you, that's great. That idea of syncopating, that's one of the first rules of embellishing a melody. Let's go on to the second one. So now we're talking about just repeat some of the notes that are there. Literally repeat some of them. Here's an example. Okay, so most of those notes I repeated a little bit. And that sounds natural. That sounds like some old traditional jazz we've heard. That sounds like John Coltrane playing a ballad if you want to jump ahead 50, 60 years, right? So uh, that idea of repeating a note, getting used to that, but don't get yourself lost in the rhythm. That's important. But just repeating a note confidently, do it. Just practice it. And you'll get used to what sounded good, what sounded kind of dopey, what sounded better, what sounded worse. This is trial and error. Then, of course, you go back and listen to your heroes, and you notice how do they do it. Let's go on to the third item up here. So now we're talking about adding upper neighbor tones. So whatever note you have written, you literally play a note above it. And I said play a diatonic note above. Diatonic just means in the scale that we're in, the chord that we're on, or even just the general key of the song. So this is a simpler harmonic song. It doesn't go to a lot of different harmonic places, like a more uh, modern jazz tune, perhaps. So we're in the key of C in this example. So if I'm playing a G, what's the next note above a G? The answer is da 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 A, right? Not A flat because or G sharp because those are not in the key of C. I'm just going to go up the next note in the scale. So let me play uh, the second example again, just exactly uh, the way I wrote it out, and you'll see some upper neighbors.
upper neighbor tone. So you see some of those, they're marked right on the sheet. By the way, I'm happy to send you this sheet or any of the other Digging Deeper sheets. So uh, please uh, give us uh, an email, we'll send them off to you. Upper neighbor tones. So already we're leaving the melody. We've left it rhythmically. Now we're leaving it melodically. We're actually going up a little bit, right? So I'll do a different version, not reading, just sort of improvising. Okay, and by the way, I've never played this song in this key before. I usually play it in a different key, but I wanted to put it in C to make it simple. So like the key of C is messing me up a little bit. So I played some upper neighbors. I played faster ones. I played slower ones. I played an upper neighbor so fast it was a trill. Okay, you see what we're talking about. Let's go back to the sheet and look at the next approach. And what you'll see here is lower neighbor tones. Play the written note but now the deal is play down a half step. Why a half step? Why not in the scale? Experiment. Most of us find that playing a lower neighbor down a half step, very often not in the key of the song, sounds best. Experiment with it, but I think you'll notice this is the case. So uh, let me do a little bit of this for you now. Okay, here's the thing. Let's put a pause button on here right now. We've gone through, what, four different items so far, three or four items. Um, this stuff takes practice. I know you understand repeating a note. I know you understand play a note above. But each of these things takes weeks, hours, hundreds of hours to internalize, okay? So this is simple for me to blast through in 10 minutes. It's simple for you to understand. But it's a whole nother thing to be able to sort of do it on a given song. Now, if you made me do this on yet a different tune, make me do this on uh, Billy's Bounce by Charlie Parker. Wow, it's I would have to work for a long time to do this stuff. And so that's what I'm suggesting. Because this is easy to understand, doesn't mean it's simple to do. So I really want you to do some of this work. And I mentioned Jazzwire before. That's a place where we're gonna be doing this work together. So I hope I'll uh, see you there. Let's go on to the next one. And here we see passing tones. And passing tones are literally that. When you have a jump in the melody, we can add a note in between, a note that passes from this note that's written to the next note that's written. So that little bit at the end was the passing tone part. I did, I, I really had two notes that were a whole step apart on the sheet. It's an E and a D. There's only one note between an E and a D, an E flat or a D sharp if you want to call it that. So I inserted that note in there. Let me see if I can improvise uh, some passing notes here for you. So this song really stays quite 
in a small range and quite scale-like. So there's only a handful of opportunities to add passing notes, but in the fifth and sixth measure. The passing notes I added were chromatic notes. I played a glissando between the G down to the E down to the C. I played a quick chromatic scale, a glissando. I could have done uh, something like this. Okay, so um, with these elements, let me run down them one more time, see if I can remember them myself. We're going to add syncopation, but here's the trick, not anywhere. I'm suggesting syncopation early, show up early to a long note. So that's a way to think about it. Second one is let's repeat the notes. So I think we could call both those rhythmic approaches. Then we talked about adding an upper neighbor tone, then adding a lower neighbor tone. So there we're actually adding new notes into the melody. The fifth one I suggested is passing tones. So there we're also adding new notes and just sort of using a different reasoning for it. So that's what I want you to do. So again, I'm happy to send you this sheet and uh, this stuff takes practice. John Coltrane practiced this. John Schofield practiced this stuff. Now, yes, after enough decades of practicing, we get this wonderful internal sense of melody. After you've listened to thousands, tens of thousands of melodies, hopefully some of them stick. But actually, that's what practice is, right? Practice isn't just going into the practice room and hoping good things happen. Practice is what is my goal? How do I achieve this goal? And now let me work on this. By the way, the first however many hours are not going to be ready for prime time. That's what practice is. If you sound good when you practice, you're not doing it right. So I want you to give this a try. This is a fantastic tune to start on. The next video, we're going to sort of expand this idea. So I hope you uh, come back for that next Digging Deeper video. And as I was saying, folks at Jazzwire are already talking about this stuff. So in that community, we're going to be discussing this. We're going to be applying this to different songs. There's going to be issues that come up or like what happens in this instance, I can't play diatonically. What should I do here? It's going to be great stuff to talk about. So thank you so much for tuning in here. Drummers, I want you doing this stuff too. I want you to learn about how to play melodies on the drums. And I'm not talking about C's and C sharps, but playing melodic passages on the drums. Your heroes do it. That's the challenge to you. Thanks so much, guys. Take care.